Namaste and welcome to the Hindu Parenting Podcast. As per the Hindu calendar, we are in the month of Shravan or Shravanamasam as it is called in the southern states. This month heralds the festive season across India. The full moon day of this month, the Shravan Purnima, holds great significance. It is celebrated as Raksha Bandhan in the northern parts of India. We welcome Neha Shrivastava, who is back on our podcast, this time to talk about the festival of Raksha Bandhan. Neha ji is a writer, a Devi Upasaka, the founder of Shaktitva Foundation and an engineer by profession. Namaste Neha ji. It's so good to have you back after the holy podcast we did together. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Rekha ji and Shagni ji for having me here. Uh, last podcast was so much fun. So I'm very excited to do another round uh, on Raksha Vandan. Uh, Neha ji, for Shalini, myself and many like us who are new to it, can you give us an introduction to the festival? Uh, Rakhi 101, if you please. Yeah, absolutely. So Raksha Bandhan, as you noted uh, in your introduction, that it happens during Shravan. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a very unique festival in the sense that there's not a lot of elaborate puja uh, that goes on. Um, so generally, you know, uh, brothers and sisters, um, so sisters have to like start up in the, early in the morning. First thing, obviously, as, as per usual, you have to take a bath. Uh, sometimes we wear new clothes for this um, and we will have in the uh, before up, like coming up to this festival um, a lot of sisters would have either purchased rakhi or made rakhi from their own hands one for each brother brother and for those who don't know like rakhi is as a basically a thread and sometimes it has like a little motif on on top of the thread uh, but, but like it's basically a thread or kind of like a bracelet that is tied uh, on the right wrist of the brother so you like the the sisters would go shopping and find like the rakis uh, for their brothers and um on the day off uh, once you are ready after a bath and like wearing new clothes um you collect you make sort of like a puja thali in that you have a roli akshat um and you have uh, the rakis and some sweets so essentially then uh, once the brothers arrive uh, and obviously, like there is, has to be a upasa until you're done tying all the all the raki. So once the once the brother arrives, um, you have to sit uh, in the east west facing direction, um, and the the sister would basically apply uh, sort of a tilakam with the roli and akshat on the brother first, um, and then tie the raki on the right hand as I mentioned, and then offer sweets. Um, the brother, after uh, getting the Raki tied, would touch the sister's feet and seek her blessings. Um, and obviously, I, I sort of missed a little bit. Like before, obviously, starting tying the Rakis, you would offer uh, the Rakis to the gods, you know, for their blessings. And maybe even tie, uh, some people also tie one Raki uh, to the gods, um, whoever is your Ishta. Um, so that's often done. Like, Or you just leave one um, in the puja room as the first one. Um, so yeah, essentially that's the thing. And after the, uh, they, once the brothers seek the blessings, they also offer uh, some kind of dakshina. So that's the fun part. Uh, so essentially, um, it could be it could be anything. It could be gifts. It could be cash. Um, and often, obviously, nowadays, you know, you pre-negotiate <laughs> what you want uh, because if brothers are left to their own devices, they will bring like some bad gifts. So. 
so sisters pre negotiate what they want as gifts um, otherwise it's a great collection opportunity for cash as well so yeah that's the festival you mentioned that the uh, brother touches the feet of the sister now does that happen even if the sister is younger yes absolutely um i think it may be slightly different with some parts of north india but in my family um, and most of up that i know um it the brother so in in actually our family it goes even beyond this so uh, the girls side girls basically unmarried girls do not touch feet of the elders in their maika meaning like in their own family and that is because when kanyadan happens uh, the family actually considers her a devi and and gives her away right so the, they worship the feet of the daughter uh, during kanyadanam so if uh, the reverse does not appear right so in this when during kanyadanam the daughter is the manya uh, and she is they get an elevated status so she uh, in our culture we like at least in my in my local family culture uh, the girls do not touch the feet of their uh, own family like your mom dad but uh, brothers do um and also um once the girl is married she will definitely consider her in-laws um as manya and so she will touch their feet but not of the maternal side um and so and uh, another thing is you know the kanya puja also you must have heard of like in navratri um there is kanya puja where young girls are worshiped as devi yes uh, so in that too you will see the same pattern no matter how uh old you are or how uh, elder you are you will still touch the feet of the girl as uh, she is a form of a devi so the same pattern continues here um where you have um, like no matter how young the sister is the um older brothers will touch their feet and seek her blessings and honestly that was like the my, my favorite part of the festival <laughs> <laughs> sure you look forward to it <laughs> absolutely so some of my cousins are actually much older than me uh, i was one of the youngest in the family and so like uh, from a very young age like the moment i tie my first i tie my rakhi if they are forgetting like immediately i'll be like no 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 what's not done <laughs> you have to go down in charge of it um so yeah, it's it's also fun <laughs> lovely okay uh, so most people seem to have only seen the bollywood version of raksha bandhan it's been popularized quite a lot in many of the movies uh, just like you know uh, karwa chauth also has been uh, popularized by a bollywood version of it now does the festival really differ in real life from the bollywood version and besides i think there's also a, a very um, you know um, a take a feminist take on the festival itself which calls it patriarchal uh, and perhaps bollywood sort of um, perpetuates that that sort of uh, portrayal so is there any truth to this uh, neha ji yeah so actually you bring up a good point so i mean i haven't seen any uh, recent bollywood movies so i can't comment on how they're presenting it now but like starting from um, like these uh, 80s movies even right like remember that song bhaiya more rakhi ke bandhan ko nibhana um mm-hmm. like that that song honestly has always baffled me i don't know what that means uh, rakhi ka bandhan is not something that like this is one pet peeve that i have against bollywood they've completely invented this out of thin air um or maybe there is some method to this madness i still have to do that part of the research but i actually do ended up writing a, a huge article on chaktitwa on this subject um so let's break it down and take, let's break it down a little bit into um, the 
the bollywood part first and we'll deal with the feminist part later so mm-hmm. in the bollywood part like they'll first of all i've never seen bollywood show uh, a, a brother touching the feet of the sister like maybe i'm wrong again maybe some new mm-hmm. movies have covered it but usually i've never seen this is why i think it was surprising to you right like you had thought it is before. that's yeah. exactly yeah. why i asked you that question because i don't <laughs> yeah. think i have seen this portrayed anywhere not that i've Correct. seen much of uh, bollywood movies but whatever little i've never seen this in pop culture really yeah and the other uh, another unfortunate thing is like even if it was um, in initially practiced a lot of people change their own ancestral cultures based on how bollywood repre- uh, rep- represents it you know um, so mm-hmm. this is also because a lot of times people don't understand like there is just given to them it was just told to them uh, like this is how you have to do it um and when bollywood represents it slightly differently uh, people start doing those things it also becomes like a fad thing i've definitely seen this happen in karwa chauth um a lot of the you know not so cute um uh, part of like or maybe things that that bollywood doesn't show or bollywood doesn't consider um as part of the festival are are sort of slowly uh, getting removed from the psyche um and a lot of this uh, and on karwa chauth like majority of the uh, movies show only the punjabi side of how karwa chauth is practiced um and again the up side of uh, pujas are very very different uh, but i have definitely seen a lot of those things creep into the up culture as well because people want to do that channi thing of the chand thing <laughs> so mm-hmm. on like you know it looks it, like it's become such an iconic a movie that you pick you want that photo on your instagram and so on so it's a it's a not nightmare honestly uh, but in on rakshabandhan the biggest i think like they do show tika i think sometimes uh, but yeah, bollywood is also known, i think yeah sometimes yeah but also bollywood recently is very averse to tika and bindi right so you never yeah, know um yeah. and the other thing is that they uh, show only the thread um and sometimes they show the gift um and one time i also saw them share showing uh, gifts to both parties like they're both exchanging gifts like that obviously that does not happen um the other miscon but i think conceptually bollywood has created this misconception and honestly i don't know if it was bollywood that started it or bollywood got it from some other source or something like that but essentially there is a lot of misconception in the entire concept of the festival itself and that's where the feminist critique comes in so the uh, concept that uh, uh, bollywood has shown um is essentially that when you tie rakhi to your brother it is a sort of um it is a kind of symbolism and you are ma- essentially when he gets the rakhi tied he is making a promise to protect the sister uh, roughly that's the idea right mm-hmm. and there is this um uh this 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 is like uh, that is the reason why this song exists right like bhaiya more rakhi ke bandhan ko nibhana that means that the rakhi ka bandhan is essentially mm-hmm. beholding you um as a promise to protect your sister now that's It's... honestly a very absurd thing <laughs> why why do you need a reminder uh, why does any brother need a reminder to protect the sister like isn't that like the obvious um by default reaction even in cultures where rakhi does not exist brothers do protect their sisters so this is like a it seems very redundant um i don't know where it came from and then to back this up there is another there is this um uh, two stories that have been 
circulated uh, one being very pop, uh, popular which is this rani karnavati story um where rani karnavati is under siege by bahadur shah um and uh, like the god knows where all the rajput men have gone but he is like left defending the uh, the fort and in a moment of desperation she sends the rakhi to humayun uh, the mughal emperor and mughal emperor is so moved by this gesture that he sends his armies but the armies don't re- reach in time and so karnavati uh, commits johar regardless now honestly i have not been able to find any authentic source for the story i don't know where the story comes from uh, it emerges in a bunch of magazines none of them actually cite any sources uh, there are no historical sources for this there was definitely a rani karnavati who was attacked uh, but and she did commit johar but this entire incident with humayun i don't know where the records of this is i actually did a lot of research and i tried to find it uh, and i believe some other um, historians have also tried to find the source and have come up empty um, so and they say that it is popular folklore but from what i understand this folklore is more uh, popular as a bollywood sort of like uh, common parlance like you know sarita magazine <laughs> and uh, random blog type of folklore than the local folklore um so i so this is another conception where essentially what you're saying is ha and the second story is that uh, during mahabharat uh, draupadi ties a rakhi to shri krishna and that is why he protects her during the chiraran um but i i don't understand like uh, this first of all like again uh, the uh, mahabharat source also i could not find the i didn't see uh and in the critical edition at least i could not find any uh event where draupadi is sending a rakhi um to shri krishna they did have a um a, a friendship and a brother sister sort of relationship that that definitely is there but there is no this particular incident of sending a rakhi to behold you to be my brother and also like this if that was the case it seems like this gesture is only needed when he is not already your brother right like i mean if since humayun is not already your brother that's why you have to send him a rakhi to side sort of like uh, tie him to this uh, promise but that's not the case if he if the person is already your brother then why do you need it point being that this is very illogical in my opinion and that's what led me to researching this um, article and then what's happening is not only is this conception that was created by bollywood in itself illogical then it matters become even worse when feminist reactions um and specifically the, the south asian feminist reactions um they emerge on this story that is concocted without any basis so they are not actually critiquing the actual festival of uh, rakshabandhan they don't even know what what it stands for or what it is uh, instead they are refuting this bollywood version where this man is projected as the savior and the woman is you know happens and avalari sort of character and uh, therefore right. she needs protection and so she has to run to some random man uh, throw a rakhi at him and hope that you know to hope and pray that he upholds this um his promise of protection uh, and in karnavati's case it didn't even bear any result so that's that but the point being you know this the this this entire cycle leads to like a whole chaos and nobody actually stops to ask like 
okay but where like these these questions that i'm asking right like it's so um like it, not just this like if you uh, just see this story see this idea in the bigger picture of hinduism um there is no precedent to this there is no other scenario where you can just do a gesture and and you know get somebody to uh protect you or or something like that like you can't make somebody uh, uh a brother just through a gesture mm-hmm. so what's going on this, here uh, um, this is like bringing uh, sorry uh, this is like bringing it down to celebration of mothers day fathers day friendship day ha <laughs> <laughs> it's like it doesn't see, like it doesn't fit the the culture right? so there is for example in our tradition there is dattak uh like you can have adoptions uh there is like a proper gotra ceremony it's a full puja uh where the adopted child gets the gotra and the lineage of the adoptive parents uh there are other, like there are cases where unrelated people do um get connected through a bond but that it's not as trivial as a rakhi right mm-hmm. um like it's not as trivial as a small thing like it has to be a proper puja and there is then then the uh, but another thing is if you have um like you know if you have like what we say um uh, i think there's a word for it it's just slipping my mind but there is a word for when you consider some somebody as your uh, like have you heard of the term guru bhai right like there is a person who is um, uh, affiliated to the same guru or the same lineage as you and so they become your guru bhai right like they like you are they are like a brother to you so they they consider it as a duty to um you know to uh, they consider you as a sister or a brother uh, and so they become guru bhai we have these connections that are not through blood relation but it's not as trivial as tying a rakhi and then to make matters worse then you consider this to be the truth of rakhi and therefore um uh, start a feminist campaign or south asian feminist campaign against it by saying it's a patriarchal festival it's just it was just too much so that led me uh, this is the background that led me to the uh, research that i ended up doing and it turns out actually this is exactly opposite of what it actually is um so that was a fun exercise that article is actually present on shaktitva um um where you can read uh, the article Uh, it sounds like there are many fake uh, stories circulating about the origin of this festival uh, so what exactly is um, i mean in your research did you find any mention of this which is very different in spirit and letter from the fake stories concocted around this festival 100% yes exactly so that's um, so i actually went into this this viral of where is this thing from let me see because my own understanding of of rakshabandhan which i have practiced like from the day i was not day i was born like but like you know the first year that i was alive on this planet <laughs> has been very different uh, from the, these stories and these ideas and honestly they have been around and i knew of them but i never kind of connected them It, they always felt like very um disparate like i couldn't connect to these ideas um and so that led me down this uh, rabbit hole of discovering what it is so turns out it's a very fun story uh the origin of the um of the festival is indeed um with uh, uh, with the story that comes from uh, mahabharata uh, meaning sorry it's, it's it is indeed uh, affiliated to uh, krishna 
Um, but essentially, there is this um, there is this incident in the Bhavishya Puran, right? Uh, and the, again, the actual citation is there in the article on Chaktitva blog. Um, but there is this um, incident that is recorded uh, in Bhavishya Puran, which I think is the first and most original mention of the term Rakshabandhan. Um, except it's very slightly different. Like it is still Rakshabandhan, it's but slightly different. So in this um, incident, what happens is uh, Yudhishthir has won the war uh, in this point. Like this is after the Mahabharata has happened. And uh, he is trying to set up uh, a new kingdom, right? Like, and he is asking, he asks Shri Krishna, uh, like what kind of rituals and practices should I set up in my kingdom? Uh, to which Shri Krishna essentially replies, and in he in this uh, reply he tells the story um, of uh, the fight between the war between uh, Bali Raja, like Raja Bali, um, and Indra, right? Bhagwan mm-hmm. Indra. So there is they they have this war, and essentially, um, by all means, like the day before the war or or the time leading up to the war. By all means, it is almost certain that Ma, the, that Bali Raja is going to win because he has all the boons already. He has, uh, you know, he has the upper hand and he has been undefeated up until that point. And this war is coming up and people aren't sure, even the Devatas aren't sure that uh, Bhagwan Indra is going to win. Um, so obviously, this is very worrying. Um, in this time, in this moment of desperation, uh, in Shri Indrani, or like the wife of Shri Indra, who her name was Sachi Devi, uh, she essentially does does this small ritual on her own end, where she prepares a thread and she channels her tapobala into the thread, um, and tapobala meaning like you know all her spiritual strength um, that she has acquired through years of. Um, uh, tapasya and practice and, and meditation and, and like sadhana etc. Uh, in she has acquired this tapobala and she channels that tapobala into this one thread, this raksha thread that she then ties on the wrist of Indra before he goes to battle. So then he goes to battle and uh, he wins, right? Which is a shock to everyone. Um, mm. So at that time, you know, people start wondering, like, what's, why did he win? There was no way he could have won. And in that moment, uh, Krishna explained, it was the Tapobala of Indrani that made the difference. Bali was only fighting with his own strengths and his own power, but Indra was fighting with the power of two, right? Because all of the Tapobala of uh, Indrani was present in the war with Indra. So that's the power of Raksha. And and it was, it created sort of like a protection. um, uh, It it created like, it it created a protective uh, space around Indra and which is why he could not be defeated. Um, So from there, Sri Krishna then explains the process of celebrating this festival on Shravan Purnima to King Yudhishthira. And he says, you should actually establish this as an annual festival where priests, uh, basically Brahmins, uh, must go around and uh, 
they tie a small parcel of auspicious things such as rice mustard seeds and kumkum in a thread with it like you tie this with a thread and having it blessed by the gods you must they must tie it to the wrist of the king and slowly it became like it uh, this this uh, essentially uh, this this thread should be should like essentially this thread will retain its power for a year and therefore you have to constantly uh, keep doing it as an annual thing and later on like if you actually then uh, trace the lineage of this festival um, later on in the uh, in kashi there are villages even now that, that have an unbroken tradition where uh, priests still do this like uh, they will actually prepare these raksha threads uh, in the morning of raksha bandhan they will come and uh, tie the threads to all the important people in the villages and not even people even things like they would even tie it to the well uh they will tie it to the tree the all of the things that sustain the village uh they will tie this raksha thread on this particular day um on the rest of everything that need everything and everyone that needs to be protected right now um in fact there is a very interesting um reference that i also found that um up until 18th century right there is this uh, urdu poet his name is nazir akbar awadi and he actually in his one of his poetry he says he wishes to dress up as a priest so he could tie a raksha thread on the wrists of all the beautiful people around him so, mm. so he must have observed you know he must have observed this tradition uh yeah. and he calls it like not raksha thread he says rakhi but that's a prakritic equivalent of the sanskrit word raksha um um but essentially like he is uh, you know he is also observing this and see he's not saying i should i want to dress up as a sister to tie it on the brother he's saying i want to dress up as a priest that means that unbroken tradition of the from the bhavishya punar at least was present until 18th century and even today it is present if you go in some villages around kashi and even like uh, even actually uh, there is a lot of villages even up and bihar uh, where this is still practiced as it was prescribed now how did the brother sister element then come in that part is also very interesting because in the original see in the original story it was indrani who channeled the tapobala exactly um, so it was a wife ha huh, so it was a wife tying it to the husband uh, and yeah. then the uh, prescription of the festival is that priest should tie it to the uh, to uh, the people to anybody and here there is no gender okay uh, indrani mm. tied it to the um, uh, to the uh, to her husband then priest is tying it to all of the important people so it's is not just tying it to only the men right he's tying it to uh, anyone and anything that is important sometimes even children even uh, wives uh, or like you know the the daughters of the, uh, the king and so on so this is essentially now if you really break it down um you can see that the elements of rakhi uh, there are two important things to note first is as i noted like it's not the brother sister element second thing is notice who is getting protected you know yeah. in all of these examples the person whose uh, wrist the thread is tied on is the one who is being protected and the thread is the protection charm right you know and this this is so similar to uh, an existing tradition in our temples today when you visit a temple you get something tied on your wrist very often right the exactly uh, exactly the molly 
it seems Maoli. to be very similar yes. to that tradition isn't it it protects exactly. me i visit the temple and uh, the priest at the temple ties it on my wrist it is me it is i you know i am protected isn't Correct. it exactly and so if you notice this molly or kapu the idea the tradition of uh, that thread is is not just like even in in uh, when you do a homa inside your home right like when you uh, do a satnaran puja or when you get uh, do any kind of homa inside your home if the priest is officiating that even the end of that homa you get that thread um right and uh, molly side even in that situation any big puja uh mauli is tied uh, as a as a mauli or what we call as kalava in in north india uh, it is tied as uh, a, a sort of protection charm so this tradition of a thread having uh, the you know having uh, the properties that can or sort of like it's if if you actually spread your wings across like you can find this actually everywhere in many cultures there is this concept of Uh, evil eye right like um um there is a uh, there there are protection charms and there are protection bracelets uh, and threads that are tied across many cultures that have this idea that they can protect you uh, from the evil eye or any kind of bad things that may happening so that may happen so this this is what i was getting to so like if you break down this celebration of rakshabandhan you put a tilakam very typical hindu practice um um and again no puja begins without you know putting the tilak on the deity uh, we also have been told that we should never even sit in a sacred setting without tilak on our forehead um, you know and the uh, in hindu households like whenever a person is heading for a important task um the lady of the house uh, would you know uh, send them on their way with the tilak on their forehead as it's a kind of a blessing ஒரு and mm-hmm. that again goes on our wrists so you will see most south indian women um if you varlakshmi vratham has just happened and you will see all of them going around whoever has participated in this important uh, worship of uh, varamahalakshmi okay. they are all going around with this um thread a raksha bandhan i guess in many ways a thread of protection correct it, it, it literally so, translates to that it translates literally to that raksha bandhan is a thread of protection right like the bandhan is the, the the act of tying and the raksha is protection so it is exactly like you got it exactly right that the uh, thread of protection is the literal translation of the festival in fact even in jainism uh, there are threads that are tied with amulets that are called raksha potli okay and okay. remember the original in bhavishya purana also the recommendation was they need they need to create a little uh, sack full of rice and all these blessing things and th- that's the one that has to be tied uh, so over a period of time it has become just thread but the idea in all of these examples that we are getting to all of these examples have the same idea that when you do something auspicious right when you do a puja when you do a deep sadhana uh when you go to the temple when you this is a sacred setting uh 
देर इज अ सर्टन साधना बला और तपो बला दैट इज बींग अक्वायर्ड इन दैट मोमेंट ऑफ राइट um so essentially like in all of these examples that we were just talking about the there is a common uh, you know common thing that you can observe it is that in in all of these settings when when we have a big puja or a homa at our homes when we go to a, a temple and and you know there is a that's a sacred geography so essentially um you are acquiring um the the essence of all of the uh, spiritual uh power that is in that temple uh in the deity and um it in 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 this example of uh, you know uh, varalakshmi vratam you did uh, a sacred puja all of these times your sadhana shakti your uh, uh, spiritual energy is at its peak so in each of these examples the sadhana shakti or the tapobala is being channeled into a certain thread right and that thread um is being tied onto a person to essentially translate that sadhana shakti into a form of protection that can protect you for as long as the thread is on your uh, hand right mm-hmm. so essentially what is happening is that some like some kind of tapobala is being channeled now this tapobala is not just um uh, acquired in 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 the case of a mega puja but people over if you are a spiritual person if you have a established sadhana um if you do your you know practices your japas uh, and your srotams correctly and you you do it over a period of time your in general the whole idea is that you grow uh, as a spiritual person and you acquire certain shakti so now if you really wanted to protect somebody you can channel that shakti uh, best time there is a, a prescribed auspicious time and day for that and you can channel that shakti into making this thread um, that essentially carries the thread the the essence of your shakti and you tie it onto the person who wants to who needs to be protected right so and is it is, there a mantra that goes with it when you tie something exactly. on exactly yes yes um so yeah thank you for asking this actually yes uh, this is how i got this mantra is exactly how i got um, to the origin source Uh, of how uh, the like where the bhavishya puran the the ritual is mentioned so the mantra that we chant is yen baddho bali raja danvendro mahabalah ten twama bhi baddhnami rakshe machala machala so the meaning of the shloka is the raksha bandhan due to which uh, bali the king of rakshasas could not win over indra and had to come to terms or compromise with indra in the same way i am fastening this raksha bandhan around your wrist oh raksha bandhan do not leave this person do not leave this person right mm-hmm. so this dhaga is being like we are praying to this dhaga that just like you protected indra may you protect this person there is notice there is no mention of uh, brother there is no mention of bhaiya more rakhi ke bandhan ko nibhana there is there is no mention of that the original uh, idea is that uh, you this this person who is getting this thread is being protected by the person uh, or the person who's tying the thread is trying to protect the person on whose wrist the thread is being tied right and so now you turn the whole actually, thing on its head you know <laughs> exactly so like because that was our understanding like and see this is the understanding when we do um uh, bhai dooj also 
in bhaiduj also the same concept is there it uh, even the folk stories that we when we sit around the uh, the pitha that we make uh, for the uh, for bhaiduj puja when we sit around it we have to tell folk stories and all of those folk stories also have the same temperament where the sister is doing some she's worried about the safety of her brother and she's like you she cannot actually physically do the protection in that particular story uh in those particular examples in those stories and so essentially she tries to pray or she tries to channel her tapobala or she uses her intelligence or she does something that effectively ends up protecting the brother so the point being that you know the, the protection is not something where you have to physically just go and jump in front of the enemy and fight for this person um, protection can be in many ways and one of the ways that um, uh, the sister can do it um, for the brother is channeling the tapobala now where does this brother and sister angle comes in is also an interesting research topic to be honest like where did why did it become a brother sister thing and also one one important thing i want to tie, uh, in, highlight here See, when we tie the rakhi, we don't just tie it to our brothers in in UP, like or in most of North India. Ah, uh, we don't just tie it to the brothers. We also tie it to the sisters-in-law, right? So through their wives. Ah, uh, sometimes even to their children. So if yeah. this was so much about patriarchy and brother sister and brother protecting, why am I tying it to another woman? Makes no sense, yeah. right? Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> and then also yeah. sometimes you know if you are unfortunate enough and. uh the brother is no longer there you still tie it to the sister in law so that relationship is not broken because the brother is no longer in the picture the point mm-hmm. being that this is not a uh, 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 like rakshabandhan is not so much uh, about the brother protecting you it is about tie- channeling your tapobala and protecting it protecting people that you really love you know yeah. um, you and so uh, yeah do just just to you uh bring up a quick point yeah this is a festival called bhai dooj where you you know you have this brother sister connection being uh, celebrated it logically makes no sense to have another festival doing exactly the same thing right so rakshabandhan is probably uh you know tying this raksha the thread to whoever and whatever it is that you want to protect so i like that explanation it it um you know ticks a lot of boxes in my head lot of questions that i've been having about it and also not everybody has a brother you know to come to application in modern times and there are yeah. uh, families where there are only sisters and uh, parents of girls often wonder you know sisters want to celebrate this thing so is it okay you know can we have one sister tie a rakhi for the other uh these questions come about in uh, the modern context and based on what we have heard today there is no reason at all why a sister can't protect another sister in the context of rakshabandhan um, because bhai to just very different again agreed but i also don't want to like um, shy away from the fact that it is in in modern times or at least it's pro- how it's practiced in the last 100 200 years it has mm-hmm. indeed been a brother sister thing and i think i somewhat roughly not maybe like not 200 years maybe it could be longer also because um, the evidence uh, is definitely there but i have a feeling that the origin does indeed of this brother sister relationship origin does indeed lie um in the um in, in the times of uh, muslim expansion and muslim um uh, invasions on india 
because i have a feeling that you know this 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 tradition of um sisters being constantly worried about their brothers well being uh, mm-hmm. was definitely a feature um of the uh, the time when north india was being constantly invaded uh by these very brutal um, you know emperors from um, uh from outside india and these people like essentially you know in during when the rajputs were constantly fighting uh, the moguls or attacks from uh, people like bahadur shah zafar and so on um, there was like you know bo- young men and boys would be in- conscripted in the army and it is very likely that the sisters won't see them again right um or the women won't, won't see them again and you see this entire concept of sati and jauhar uh, emerging um uh, in in uh, rajasthan from this uh, era and so essentially that idea um, of women being worried about the men folk and trying to do something to change this uh, would have created this en masse culture right where the sister um essentially you know like if if the indrani could protect indra while going into battle maybe mm-hmm. the women folk uh in rajasthan could protect their brothers uh, and ensure their safety or protect the men folk in their and uh, uh, ensure their safety when they are mm-hmm. going to battle now also understand a lot of these boys were getting you know, conscripted in teenage years right so a lot of them were probably not married um but so not everybody has an indrani but everybody does have a sister or at least uh, could have a sister and right. so essentially that is how i i have a feeling and this is i i'm not like i'm not claiming that i have a source for this but i have a feeling that when i dig um this is, seems to be the most logical um explanation of how it became like a brother sister thing so i don't want to minimize that cultural uh, adaptation it was a it's an important reminder of the history that we've lived through especially the one that north india has lived through uh, but it is indeed true that the origin the historical origins and the um, the textual origins or the prescription in the text is uh, that it this that the tradition definitely uh, is for um, you know anybody can channel the tapobala and protect the person but there may be some truth to the fact that um, Uh, it works better um if you know the tapobala or, or, or rather it suits better um if women folk uh, are channeling their tapobala um or at least like it and the concept can be understood well now how can it be adapted to modern uh, understanding that i think you know is definitely left on uh, especially if people don't have an ancestral tradition of rakshabandhan and they want to start something uh 100% bhavishya purana is is the you know is the prescription to follow uh but i don't want to like you know minimize the and the civilizational trauma no, of north indians that have led to that has led to creating of yeah it makes sense and the way it is uh, yeah it yeah i what you say makes perfect sense because uh, the brother sister bond is uh, potentially something that can um you know disintegrate after both grow and have their own families because there's a lesson common so this is probably exactly uh continue the celebration um in the way it has been done for the last 200 years so there is value in that uh, only thing is that it is liberating to now know that you know uh, it it can also be 
adapted by others who perhaps don't have a brother and you know like rekha said if there's Absolutely. a sister yes. they want to they can also do it can be a wife for her husband it can be any anyone you know so basically it's yeah. uh, now become very inclusive that's all i mean nothing against the brother sister thing at all no reason Correct. to not celebrate no i got this uh, question because a friend of mine has two daughters and uh, she uh, makes one daughter tie a rakhi to the other daughter and uh, that is that is so beautiful because the children they have no brother or no cousin mm-hmm. uh, who is a boy and uh, so i mean the tradition survives in some form or the other so uh, it's one way of uh, adapting to modern times but i another thing i would like to say is that if people are making uh, these adaptations i would mm. honestly like if if i was to like restructure the whole like of course i i follow the tradition that has been in my home and and, and that i will pass forward as well but uh, if somebody is is trying to come up with something on by uh, from scratch honestly mm. i would recommend that a we cut down this retailification of this festival right you know it's it's mm-hmm. not so much about like the gift is important the uh, dakshin see understand like the, remember i told you that there is a, a element to the raksha bandhan where once the girl ties the thread um once the uh, sister ties the thread to the brother or and his wife they touch the feet so they seek blessings just like you would seek the blessings of a priest um and then you give dakshina just like you would give to a priest Mm-hmm. right so the dakshina element is absolutely important but it does not need to become like this this in modern days everything is about tanishk ads and all not and all that like i would right. rather like cut the um cut the retailification or this uh, commodification of this festival uh, down and and reduce the importance of commodification of this festival and increase the importance that tapo wala has to be there you yes. know if mm-hmm. if you like, what are you channeling into that thread if you have no practice of your own right so the person the 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 guy you the person you are trying to protect is going to be protected through your tapobala so you have to work on acquiring that tapobala in the first place so yes. if you are to practice this it cannot be a token that you know um, every morning i uh, all of the rest of the 364 days i go about my merry way i don't remember gods and i once in a while i visit the temple on important days and i'm done you have no tapobala to channel in the thread if if that is your lifestyle right so on the 365th day of shravana amavasya no magic is going to happen and that thread is not going to do much to be honest yes. um yeah so this, instead, this problem is there with all our festivals right when exactly. we celebrate but we don't i mean we just uh, adapt it to modern conditions gifting um and you know having uh, hallmark kind of days even our festivals are at risk of being reduced to the celebration part yeah. without the worship yeah. part i have even heard are i have i was aghast i have heard people who are telling me that diwali they don't do the main uh, lakshmi ganesh puja instead they just go and burst crackers and uh, do sweets and and eat food and and uh, have party and that's the diwali <laughs> that's the, like you cannot cut the essential element uh, out and then keep the fun part and think that it's going to make a difference right uh, if that is the case it is some bandhan but it is not raksha bandhan <laughs> so no raksha is <laughs> happening here if that like if you cut out the tapobala part if you do not have a 
uh, practice if you do not have a sadhana uh, if you do not uh, you know connect uh, or if you do not try to acquire shakti you have nothing to put in that thread and so the purpose no matter whether you doing it in the traditional way or a non traditional way does not matter because there is no uh, no tapobala to be channeled in the first place so if we are establishing it up from ground up the first thing to understand is one has to do sadhana one has to acquire spiritual uh, shakti and only then you can channel it for somebody's protection so that's number one right uh, and the second thing is uh, a lot i have even seen um uh, a lot of people even in north india even where it's an ancestral tradition they have forgotten about that mantra itself which is probably how we ended up in the mess where we don't know the origins uh, because the mantra is very very clearly codifies um the the intent right it it codifies exactly what the source is um so that mantra is also key and important so if you are going to reinstate um or, or sorry if you're going to like um institutionalize your this rakshabandhan in your family even though it doesn't exist ancestrally then do it uh with the focus on the right elements and teach the children uh the origin and the importance of this say right? because i honestly um a lot of parents complain that their children are not, not interested in upkeep of their traditional of the traditions and so on but a lot of that reason is because they don't understand it nobody explains it to them right even i had to go and do this entire research to find the original uh, origin because nobody yes. told me that this was the origin it should not and be this bad right bollywood is not going to show you the mantra part that's for sure but see, exactly but exactly but like we are relying it this is kind of like we are giving up uh, what is our role as parents um and and we are expecting that the society will teach them and then we are complaining that the society is not teaching them the right thing well of course it's not teaching them the right nobody knows only right the information is getting lost and it is i think uh, it is every parent's job to do this work uh, even if nobody told you you can go and like you know do do that research listen to these podcasts i don't know like the, the information is out there definitely right these articles are out there you have to do the work to kind of find the source and establish that uh, in your kid so that they understand the importance of ritual and they're not falling into the mere tokenism um, idea because that's how you know the digestion happens uh, into everything just becomes a capitalist uh, capitalist exercise of being buying things and and doing this and that um like you know to, tomorrow it is going to become like easter eggs nobody understands what has eggs do, got to do with easter or what do bunnies have to do with easter um so like let's not get into that situation um where raksha is about some random bracelet that you're tying uh on the on the brother's wrist and you get like a diamond ring in return like that's not the festival correct i like the words that you used in connection with this let's not have our festivals become mere tokenism so true exactly so um, like it, this like i completely um, agree that you know knowing see this is what happens right if you know the background of any tradition so many things become clearer like now you can actually go uh, do the research establish it in the right way if you want to adapt it like if you're like i don't i i understand that dilemma that kids have right where 
that that incident of your friend where she has only two daughters and the daughters probably see all their friends getting excited about yes. rakshabandhan buying the threads and like you know they are excited about getting all these gifts and these daughters like uh, and now in the like see back in the day it didn't matter if you had a real brother or not because all your cousins were in the same home also so you had a brother regardless of uh, whether it was a cousin or a uh, you know sibling uh, but nowadays we don't we live in nuclear families um so she probably doesn't even cannot connect to those uh, extended like extended relatives as well um, and you don't live in the same family also sometimes exactly exactly and so joint families used to be a different uh, ball game entirely and you would never feel this way you would never feel left out because of course somebody in the entire family would have um uh, a brother uh, a son but now things have changed right you're not living close to your relatives as you mentioned probably not even in the same country and so children are feeling left out and they shouldn't feel that way um so definitely like if you want to institute this do it but again uh, knowledge is key right you need to tell these girls why they are doing it this way not because my mom was a rebel and she was you know rebelling against patriarchy but because <laughs> yeah. there is a danger of that explanation ah, yeah. it happens yeah. because it happens see they have not been told what the origin was um, so tomorrow they read this these articles and they'll be like ha this was a patriarchal festival but now see mom allowed me to dye it so that she must have been a rebel uh, and and like she must have been a feminist rebel right and so you get articles like that where my mom is a feminist rebel because she let me yeah, that tie rakhi to my sister <laughs> that's where this whole this whole conversation that we have had has has been so enlightening you know uh, we really get down to the essentials and the profound meanings that are uh hidden in our traditions and as you said they uh, they are in danger of being erased so uh, hopefully this will uh, you know reinstate the real meaning of raksha you know and what we'd like to do with that so yeah and not get into this whole business of you know i'm breaking the stereotype i'm going to uh, now you know i have two daughters so i'm going to break the stereotype and make them tie rakhi to each other and not be patriarchal whatever you know that the, the whole that whole thing is debunked with this uh, this explanation it's been really enlightening to hear this yeah i'm glad so i actually like this has been uh, i've gotten such a good feedback from this article and for shaktitwa actually we converted this into a comic strip also um so we have this uh, very like it's very popular amongst uh, young people we have almost 8000 likes on instagram um for okay. this post so so essentially the the way i've converted this is that there is this um uh, the two friends who are talking um and they are expressing the doubts to each other so uh, one mm-hmm. girl is very excited to go rakhi shopping and she asks her friend to come over uh, so that they can go and the other one is like you know i don't know i'm having a i'm facing a dilemma because i read this article where it said that this was a patriarchal festival um so bharati the protagonist she actually explains that oh what are you talking about this is one of the most feminist festivals you'll find uh, in the mm-hmm. world because essentially mm-hmm. because if you know if the premise uh, and this she doesn't say that in the script but my my thought is like if the premise is that the person who is doing the protection and here the premise is from the marxist uh, lens so if you analyze this uh, the way the south asian feminists analyze this uh festival and deem it patriarchal is because they think that the person doing the protecting has more power and the person 
who is being protected has less power and essentially it's a power imbalance right and so essentially because in this in this bollywood imagination uh, the boy the brother is protecting the sister so therefore man is more powerful and it is an enforcement of this power dynamic that is being pushed through rakshabandhan so now i'm saying if we now understand the origins the actual understanding of this ritual and if say the person doing the protecting is more powerful and if the person being protected is less powerful by the same marxist lens then arguably this is a feminist festival right because it's the women who are protecting yeah, yeah. uh they are protecting through their through their shakti that they have acquired over uh, over years and years of sadhana uh that they have a, like you know so essentially they are the more powerful ones and they are channeling their power uh, into this thread to protect this person and so then it it becomes uh, literally the opposite it becomes a feminist festival um if you believe in this marxist lens and analysis um in the same way so uh, we created this this trip and it became like very very popular um so like maybe you can link it in your podcast as well for people if they are like this may be a good way to um to teach young people because they unlikely that they're going to read my gigantic 3000 words <laughs> article so <laughs> so attention spans are short so we converted this into a comic strip that, that's a great idea it's been a fascinating conversation uh neha ji as usual i think uh, we always have a rollicking time when you're on air you know with us so um, nothing different this time we've learned so much and uh, we hope that this uh, eye opening conversation will change the perception of rakshabandhan um, from what it has i mean i would say degenerated into uh, perhaps it's a strong word but uh, after listening to whatever neha ji has said i think that is a word that readily comes to mind we have degenerated and it's time to reclaim our festivals and celebrate them uh, with the intrinsic spirit and the essence that they embody so neha ji it's been absolutely pleasurable and uh, wonderful talking to you so until we have you with us for another round of some more animated discussion uh, we will uh, say bye bye and wish you a very happy raksha bandhan too in advance and uh, to everyone celebrating happy raksha bandhan so until the next time uh, we will uh, meet soon with another episode namaste